I am Brother Cornell West, and this is If I Can Save America. Peace and love, everybody. It's your man, Manny Faces. Just wanted to let you know that Hip Hop Can Save America is now available as a live stream show every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. You can find it at hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Excerpts from that show will be played here on the audio feed, so you'll still get the good interviews that you've been used to. But check out the live stream and check out my free Substack newsletter at mannyfaces.substack.com. That's filled with all kinds of stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and generally hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. For everything hip-hop can save America, hiphopcansaveamerica.com. For everything Manny Faces, mannyfaces.com. And if you find value in this work, you can support it. We'd love to have you aboard as a supporter at patreon.com slash mannyfaces. Now let's go. On this episode of Hip Hop Can Save America, we recap an all-day conference and symposium held at one of the most prestigious of educational institutions to examine the breadth and depth of how hip-hop music and culture can influence and uplift the field of education. That's right, y'all. Hip-hop, all up in the Harvard Graduate School of Education. My name is Manny Faces. Let's go. The thing about hip-hop today is it's smart. It's insightful. The the way that they can communicate uh, a complex message in a very short space is is remarkable. And a lot of these kids, they're not going to be reading the New York Times. That's not how they're getting their information. So hip hop didn't invent anything, but hip hop reinvented everything. Few would disagree that the educational system in America could use some tweaking, maybe large scale reform, perhaps even a complete overhaul. Educational output across most metrics fall way short of where we probably want to be as a nation. And in some aspects, particularly with poorer populations and especially communities of color, the outlook is even more discouraging. And 2020's COVID-19 pandemic further exposed flaws in many social systems, including education, that dramatically exacerbated these issues. Luckily, there are exceptional people who study education whose job it is to examine and measure the effectiveness of educators and the educational systems in the country. They conduct research. They develop ideas. They train other teachers. Over the past few years, many of them point to a powerful tool that's been long shown to increase capabilities of students across all grade levels and demographics, and particularly among those traditionally underrepresented groups. And while we're still waiting to see how potentially drastic changes to the educational system as a whole will play out, this tool remains as potent as before, and perhaps more than ever. In April 2019, that tool was on full glorious display at the Harvard Graduate School of Education in a day-long exploration and celebration of hip-hop-based education attended by education professionals and students from all levels. It exemplified the incredible potential that sits at the intersection of education and the arts, particularly the undisputed youth culture champion of the world, hip-hop. Now, we originally planned to release this episode, which recapped the 2019 event, just before the April 2020 event, which would have been the next iteration in the series. 
But as fate would have it, things got waylaid due to the coronavirus outbreak. Still, there's no way that we could hold on to this informative and inspiring collection of brilliance that we saw during our time at Can't Stop Hip Hop, the Education Movement 2019. And as we've seen from their constant presence on Instagram and with online panel discussions, I know that they'll be back in 2021 with a vengeance. After all, can't stop, won't stop, right? Now, I often like to talk with folks who might be a bit removed from the hip-hop cultural experience and hit them with some of these crazy concepts about hip-hop's beneficial involvement in areas like education or science and technology or health and wellness. That's part of my job, right? To bring these stories to those who are less familiar, to educate, and again, perhaps inspire. So, when we talk about hip-hop at the Harvard Graduate School of Education, the obvious question is, what was that like? Well, it went a little something like this. Hit it. Yo, when I say peace, y'all say love. Peace, love, peace, love. Yo, when I say peace, y'all say love. Peace, love, peace, love. Yo, I gotta introduce a really phenomenal, extraordinary human being. Now, don't uh, get it twisted. It sounds like a party. And for part of the conference, it was. But it was so much more than that. That was educational activist and youth advocate Justice Lopez hosting Can't Stop Hip Hop, The Education Movement, a full-day assortment of workshops and conference-style panels and discussions mixed with youth-led performances and spontaneous ciphers of artistic expression, all while subjects from Harvard's storied history gazed quizzically from their elaborately framed portraits on the wall. Professional educational development meets the five elements of hip hop. The yearly conference is an extension of Hip Hop X Lab, an initiative at Harvard's Graduate School of Education, which explores the ever-growing field of hip-hop-based education. It's masterminded by artist, instructor, education consultant, adjunct lecturer, and dancer extraordinaire, Aisha Upchurch. Like, yo, Justice, like you gotta meet Aisha. Like she is in As I, I got a hello and a hug, I felt the love, the joy, the possibility that this human being possesses. So please, can we give a warm, warm round of applause for Aisha up My name is Aisha Upchurch. I consider myself the dancing diplomat. I create, facilitate, and design for radical change. I do that at Harvard as an adjunct lecturer on education and the founder and director of Hip Hop X. We are a lab experience to explore the power of hip hop and education. Um, that's who I am. I dance it out. I talk with youth. I believe hip hop has a rightful place in, in any conversation on education. So that's me. We got a really exciting day lined up. And when I say we, that's everybody here, right? So thank you for that love, but I just try to show up and do what I can with the space that I have and try to create more space. And y'all showed up today. Um, we have amazing presenters who have come from all over the local area, the country. We got young folk. We got a little slightly older than young folk. <laughs> you know, everybody's young. It's different degrees of youngicity, you know. I'm at Harvard, so we can make up words for in this room, right? Okay, um, so we want to get things kicked off, but before we do that, I want to make sure that we understand, like, how would, did we get to be in Asquith Lecture Hall at Longfellow at Harvard <laughs> with hip-hop? Helping explain how this all came to be 
one of the women who helped spark the original conference, Samantha Weratonga. Well, it was a bunch of uh, educators and artists. We were students two years ago here, and we realized there really wasn't much of a space here at Harvard um, that was really vibing, talking about hip-hop, talking about young people and how like that is such a rich kind of place for students to be kind of start their journey in, in academia like surprisingly um, because it meets them where they're at and it connects them to arts and things that they're already really interested in and so we um we had a student group and so we had like a few jam sessions we had like music sharing sessions we had educators that were in the college come and talk about what they were doing with their students and it was just kind of like sharing ideas and then we decided to put on a conference just to like, kind of make it a little bit more give it more oomph and that was two years ago. It's amazing the growth from two years ago. Like it was really contained two years ago to primarily Harvard professors, Harvard students, and just like, you know, in the t in these three roads that are around the Harvard Graduate School of Education. Um, and a few people came from the college maybe to the performances. But now it's like we're opening the doors of Harvard to the Boston area, to the country. And so many people have like come in and felt so welcome and invited and um, so received so much love and shared so much love. So I feel like it's kind of this like breaking down of walls, like the invisible walls of like privilege and hierarchy and even the physical walls of all this brick and mortar that give the prestige to this place. Um, and so it's just been an amazing evolution. I attended the conference as a journalist, wanting to share some of the ideas and ingenuity on display with the listeners of Hip Hop Can Save America because they embody the concept of the show that there are incredible opportunities to tackle some of our most difficult social disparities and injustices by harnessing the power of the same youth-led movement that has become so much a part of the lives of populations across the world, hip hop. Now for those looking for specifics, I got them. Starting with Austin Martin from Rhymes With Reason, an organization seeking to quote, change the way words and literacy are accessed in a new, growingly diverse America. Here, Martin explained what led them to start incorporating hip-hop lyrics into traditional English learning. I found 67 out of the top 100 words on the SAT within hip-hop music that we listen to all the time. Not even like obscure artists, Drake, Kendrick, Jay, Lupe, who, like those people have SAT level vocabulary in their music readily available. So that's when I was like, okay, I'm on to something here. Now, English makes sense, and there are many programs that utilize rap and hip-hop to help translate literary concepts using the lyrics and music young students love. But can rap help teach math? California-based math teacher LeBron James broke it down. None of his videos have been culturally relevant. There haven't been hip-hop math videos. And so when I was here at Harvard, we did these kind of videos with the animations and things using the music to engage students. And so what we're looking to do as Stimulate Learning is to create a whole series of free math lessons online involving hip hop. And then having kids around the country uh, write math raps and send them into us and then we want to turn them into rap stars. Because here's the idea. There's a shortage of math teachers in this country and the kids aren't engaging. So if you get a few good teachers and a lot of good rappers and they put together math rap videos now they can be on the internet and they can sell math raps for 25 cents. So all these rappers are going around trying to go platinum, triple platinum, but that market is saturated. There's no one doing math raps. And you have 4 million kids taking algebra every year 
who would love to pay 25 cents a lesson or 25 cents a month or a dollar a month for a math rap. So that is what we're looking to put together to make math more engaging for kids. And there's 4 million jobs in STEM, but you can't do the STEM without the M. If you don't have the math skills, you can play robotics, Legos, and clay all you want, but you can get no job until you do the math. Teachers in attendance were clearly excited about the potential. That's what you need to, that do, to bridge that gap. Absolutely. And then use that, that hip hop into your content. So I bridge I, math, raps is how I bring hip hop to the math. And then I said, the, the better your rap, if you really got rapping skills, let me see you rap this, 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 this quadratic equation. If you can rap that, I give you an A. And so then they're like, okay, you're meeting me halfway. As long as you meet the kids halfway, and hip hop allows you to do that then learning will increase. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. All right. James talked to me as well about shrugging off the kinds of resistance that hip-hop-based educators often have to confront when trying to implement these intersections and institutions that are often stubbornly resistant to change. Well, first of all, people were resistant to hip-hop starting in 79 with Rapper's Delight. They were resistant. And then in L.A., where I'm from, you know, when N.W.A. came out, they were resistant to that. When the Two Life Crew came out, they were resistant to that. When Biggie and Tupac, there's always been resistance, but you can't resist the hip hop, man. The hip hop will always come through. And so you start with a few teachers bringing hip hop to the classroom. When they see the kids start to come to that classroom and the kids galvanize around that teacher, it puts pressure on the other teachers to have to do it. And so you just got to let the hip hop grow. But once you plant the seed, man, you know the hip hop is going to grow. So we're trying to do that in the math class. Now. While hip-hop is often used as a direct educational tool in these kinds of ways, I think what gets lost sometimes is just how much the music and the culture can be used to teach and improve a litany of life skills, not just reading, writing, and arithmetic. I'm talking about self-confidence, communication, and collaboration, as explained by Mike Johnson from Utah-based mentorship nonprofit SpyHop. This is our SpyHop logic model. This clearly lays out our theory of practice in all of our classes at SpyHop. So outcomes like an increased capacity for effective communication in the media arts, increased college career and future readiness skills, building meaningful interpersonal and cross-cultural connections, increased self-confidence, being engaged media-aware citizens. These are some of the most important parts about what we do as mentors at SpyHop. You're definitely teaching communication, life skills as a part of that process. Communication and collaboration are one of the big aspects of the class that like, I need to have incorporated as a part of it. So we do a music video as a part of it when they complete their album where they collaborate with our film apprenticeship. They have to get their album artwork designed by our design apprentices. So being able to have a real world experience of communicating and collaborating with all these different parts of creating a whole project, um, usually you have to like, it takes a team effort for most albums getting done. It's not usually one person doing everything like a J. Cole or, or Russ or whatever, like, it's, there's usually more people that are helping out making it happen. So getting your project mixed, mastered, out and distribute, distributed, your artwork designed, your video shot, doing the promotion for your shows, all that stuff. Bronx-based educator Nicole Hudnell, a.k.a. Nikki Knowledge. Hey, my name is Nikki Knowledge. I'm from the Bronx. On hand to showcase her work teaching in literacy through the works of noted rap lyricists, including Nas, and battle rapper Loaded Lux. My presentation today was on literacy in hip hop and how we can use that in the classroom, specifically speaking about um, figures of speech, more specifically the double entendres. She talks about how important it is to look past stereotypes of the music, to not throw the educational baby out with the raw language bathwater. First, I think they need to listen. Um, I think sometimes it's hard for people to listen to the concepts and really grasp it. 
um, because they're too busy worried about the curses or what negative things may be in that particular freestyle. But I think if you take time to just listen and break it down piece by piece, you can understand the value that is in hip hop. For me, I just feel like it gives students an opportunity to see how they can take a piece of literature, in this case, um, hip hop lyrics, and break it down and take their time with it. Because a lot of times we just shove pieces of literature in our students' face and we say, understand this and then take this test. But when we take time to break it down and analyze it and say their thoughts on it, then they can really understand it. I find that you don't understand something until you really speak about it out loud. Mm -hmm. It may be hard for you to like, you know, read it on your own and you might not understand it. But when you and all the rest of your peers are sharing and, and talking about that one particular piece, you tend to understand a little bit better. What was great about the Can't Stop Hip Hop Conference was not only the genuine focus on including young people in all aspects of the event, but also ensuring that multiple elements of hip-hop art were incorporated into the lineup. In this workshop, graffiti and street art were used as inspiration for drawing cartoons. Let's get up and do some like graffiti-style character works on the wall. I'm all for it. Put some tags, thought bubbles, do whatever type of characters you want to. I have a whole bunch of white erase markers and I'll be coming around and helping y'all. But please take the next 15 minutes to start doing your character. That's the only time we have. So take a little bit of that to sketch it, start mashing these things together, and then start working on a final. If you don't get to finish all of your final today, that is totally okay. These pamphlets are for you, and you have this knowledge with you now. And I would love to still see it, so if you see me around today, please at least show me your character. Otherwise, keep drawing, coloring what you'd like to. And if any of you guys want to get up on the wall, let me know. Now, Aisha Upchurch wouldn't have had it any other way. Dance and physical movement also played a big part in the day's events. California-based graduate student Maiko Lale's workshop, Moving Through the Lesson, explored the importance of movement in hip-hop pedagogy. For my pre-work, I went to this uh, event at a battle at the Riverside uh, Municipal Auditorium. So that was the inside. Red velvet, very, very European, you know, staging. Um, so you can imagine how you're supposed to behave, you're supposed to be, your, what you're supposed to do, right? Like a hip-hop event in that space was already a little bit, like a, it's like a hip-hop event in Harvard. It's your, your little bit of a clash, little bit of tension. At first, for sure, all the hip-hop dancers and the participants kind of complied to that. However, what I saw is at the end, the hip-hop dancer completely remixed, they reclaimed their space and the purpose and really made it their own. They, they had ciphers everywhere, they discarded those seats, they were just sitting on the stage, they were completely repurposing the space. So maybe, at least in hip-hop, there is a way to challenge this theory of how space controls our body and agency, right? And this means that perhaps even Students and teachers can remix traditional classroom and a traditional curriculum. While Lady Soul, who led a workshop highlighting Jamaican dancehall and American hip-hop dance's African roots, spoke about movement from a holistic, almost spiritual perspective. We have one body to live in, and how we move through life says a lot about us and how we treat our bodies and how we interact with others just physically um, is very important on so many levels 
whether it's in a battle, whether it's on just being respectful and cordial to one another. And that's why for me, movement is utterly important. It's not just dance, it's how we live in our bodies. It's this connection to not only the mind and body, but the soul that was perhaps one of the larger takeaways from this conference. Though it receives pushback left and right, it's at least somewhat logical to see the benefits of hip-hop to improve certain educational processes. What's even more surprising to some outside of the culture is how much opportunity there is to use hip-hop elements and associated art forms as catharsis, as a tool for healing. Presenter Dawn Marie Luna spoke about how technology can assist, demonstrating the concept behind The Break, an app designed to decrease mental health stigma and reduce daily stress. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Definitely got a vicarious trauma that we, do, we are talking about inside of the therapy rooms mm-hmm. with these young people who don't know how to handle that grief. And hopefully once this app is complete, then the masses will have a little game, an interactive game where they can learn about emotional intelligence using components of hip hop. And again, youth were not only there to listen, but participate. And poetry and rap-influenced sessions to discuss personal matters were extremely popular and well-attended during the day, demonstrated by how Lauren Jones kicked off her mental health workshop. I want everyone to know right now, this is a safe space, this is a safe zone. With the activities that we do, do not feel like you have to be censored. This is all based on how you feel in this moment, cool? Yeah. What's shared in this room stays in this room. I don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable expressing or sharing whatever it is that they have on their chest right now. Three, you do not have to participate in any activity or stay if you feel uncomfortable or overwhelmed at any moment. Feel free to use the bathroom, go get a drink of water, any of that. Some of these topics are very sensitive, so I want everyone to feel like they have free reign of their emotions, yes? Lastly, have fun, learn something, and ask questions. While a huge focus was on youth participation, this was a major conference aimed at showing how hip-hop is a valuable tool in any educator's toolkit, and the next generation of teachers in attendance were definitely feeling inspired. Here's graduate student Mazen Youssef giving his perspective. Yeah, so uh, my name is Mazen Youssef. I'm from Dearborn, Michigan, right outside Detroit. I'm a master's student here at Harvard School of Education studying uh, learning and teaching. Uh, I taught for a few years in uh, elementary school and middle school, so um, I, really, I really believe in the youth. And I took a class with Asia Upchurch uh, in the fall semester called Embracing Hip Hop and Education. And I've always been interested in hip hop, but I just never really saw a connection to it, to, uh, to, to education, until I met the people here, a lot of movers and shakers, a lot of people doing amazing things in hip hop um, education. Um, people need to know about this conference. I mean, there's a lot of innovation, a lot of creativity, a lot of brilliance, a lot of genius that needs to be, needs to be out there. For Nichelle Jackson and Tiffany Garcia, students at Wellesley College, the fact that a full-fledged academic conference centered on hip-hop was reverberating through the iconic halls of Harvard was indeed noteworthy and spoke about what other educators should understand about the intersection of hip-hop and education. Hi, uh, I'm Nichelle Jackson. I'm a senior at Wellesley College. I'm here because I'm taking an intro to hip-hop studies course. One of our assignments was to go out to a hip-hop event, very like 
vague and open and to write an ethnography, you know, learn about the space and do some interpretations about the space. Yeah. What do you think of when you think of hip hop and education in the same space? Mm, I think of like conflict. Like um, when I came to the hip hop conference at Harvard, I was like, at Harvard was the conflict, you know, like this kind of bougie space. And I think a lot of organizers here kind of like hinted towards it because when they mentioned Harvard, they always did it in like an English, British, like bourgeoisie accent. So everybody recognizes that they are like kind of like not oil and water, but like that these spaces haven't always gotten along. Okay, hi, my name is Tiffany Garcia and I'm a transfer sophomore at Wellesley College. Um, I came to the conference because I'm going to intern hopefully for this music streaming company called Audio Mac in the summer. And I've always chosen the traditional paths like doctor or like business person I'm like hey I really like music and I don't know how to like get into that so I also wanted to hear like how they go about like freestyling and writing down lyrics and like how to produce music and I just wanted to hear about like their stories and what they have to say. Were you surprised to hear all of that at Harvard? (laughs) Yeah the first time that I ever saw like uh, music mixed with academia was learning about Professor Jeffrey's course on like hip-hop and then there's another professor who has a um, a class on Latinx um, reggaeton and like all of those um, yeah um, she has a class on that and I was like whoa that's so different you wouldn't I and never would I ever imagine like music being analyzed through or hip-hop like the culture just being analyzed through an academic lens and it just blew my mind and I was like I like music I'm an academic put it together why not what do you think is one thing that academics or other educators teachers even counselors people you know that don't really know that hip-hop could be used as a tool in this way like they think of hip-hop as just being you know music on a radio and whatever they think of it what's one thing you think that teachers other educators should really keep in mind that you know that hip-hop can be used in this way Mm, i think they would first have to like dig deep into the history of hip-hop so like how it originated and why the black community used it as their main like point to like de-stress and like you know how to like deal with conflict with the cops and growing up in the South Bronx and like all those issues. And I feel like once they're able to like understand that part, they might understand, okay, well, how can, if someone's really stressed out, how can we get them to like freestyle instead of like going out there and like causing trouble? So I think just having a firm understanding and like the history of it is gonna like help them. That theme, connecting with young people to not only improve academics and life skills, but literally lead them to new opportunities and away from negative influences, was on full display during a session led by Maxwell Melvins, former president of The Lifers Group, a prison-based rap group and mentorship program spawned behind bars in the 90s. Melvins continues to use his personal story and elements of hip-hop to change the prison narrative and support his incarceration prevention initiative. The responses that I used to get from parents and as far as their children and telling me, my son or my daughter has just changed their whole behavior since watching your music videos and stuff, you know? And like, the more that I heard that, it made me want to get involved more and more. I'm going to just give you an example. I had one young lady in Canada was in a gang. She wanted to get out the gang. During the course of her wanting to get out the gang, the guy said, if you get out the gang, we're going to show you this, your mother these videos that we have you on videotape having sex with the gang members. So she plotted to kill these guys. And she said, the only thing that changed her life from killing these guys was that she saw me on Much TV of Canada. First, she thought we was just Hollywood backdrop, just like some of the other rappers were doing these music videos, like pretending they were in prison, it was just a background. She realized that we were a real group doing this. 
So that helped change your mind. So, you know, that helped encourage me more if I was able to make that difference in someone's life of how many more people that I can make a difference in. And one kid, for example, I got a letter from him. He said, I remember coming to your program. You told me don't never end up in here like you or get a number. So he sent me a letter. He says, you're going to be upset with me. I have a number. I said, what do you mean you have a number? He said, I have a number. It's two, two something, something, but it's not a prison number. It's a badge number. I'm a police officer now. So I, yeah, I got no problem with that. But he was just, he used it in a humorous way. He said, I got a number. You told me never get a number, but I'm a police officer now. So, you know, those things encouraged me more and more and more to get more involved. After hosting the main stage and observing and participating in a bunch of the breakout sessions, teacher and educational advocate Justice Lopez summed up his thoughts about the event and the larger hip-hop education picture. So when I think about, like, because um, even growing up, I loved, I loved hip-hop, but I never saw it in educational spaces. And seeing this and coming to spaces like this and conferences and reading books like Chris and Bettina, it opened up my eyes to new possibilities of this not just being like a movement, but an embedded practice in teaching, like a foundational element. And that's one thing I would love to get across to other people. Like, yes, it's a movement. Yes, it's dope. Yes, it's like, it's trendy and it's like catch, but it's more than that. It's actually like an embedded practice of empowering young people to see and hear themselves in curriculum and educational spaces and actually like empower youth to be agents of change. When I think of like, what we try and strive to do in educational spaces. We try to do those types of things, but we oftentimes fall short of it for a variety of reasons. But I think one thing that allows that to authentically happen is hip hop, is these spaces, is these types of conferences, is open mics, is curriculum development, all these types of things because they allow for young people to have agency and ownership over their educational process and educational spaces and systems that of which they don't necessarily always have. So a lot of my like previous colleagues, like they were like, well, what's this thing that you do with like rhyming or what's this thing you do with like poetry? And it's like, yeah, that's dope that you see that one facet of it. And that is one one part of it. But like this is an embedded practice in my teaching. That's a foundational like principle and the pillars. So one th- I would just love to like have more people know about it, come out to these types of conferences and events. And, and know that it's, it's, it's a philosophy, it's a teaching style, it's a pedagogy, it's a movement, but it's also a foundational principle and practice that is necessary for educational spaces, but it's also just great for young people. Like if we think about educational teaching practices, if we read you know business reviews or if we read education reviews, if we read these types of reviews, like the stuff that hip hop cultivates in the mind of a young person is everything that we want in a successful person. Um, thinking on the fly, critical analyzing, um, collaborative work environments, teamwork. Um, I mean, you, it keeps going on and on. Creativity, innovation, um, hip hop is that. So the more that we could have educators be invited into these spaces and be like, hey, like word, okay, like I see how that could align with something bigger that's connected to my similar goal. Okay, let me learn about a way in which I can engage a young person in a different way, but still achieve the same results. So that's something I would definitely love for like educators to know when they hear about hip hop ed and the movement and, and what, it's, what it's doing. And once again, Samantha Wurtsanga echoed the importance of educators to get with the program. Yeah, well, hip hop started uh, from marginalized people that weren't, you know, they didn't have a platform to tell people their struggles, their joys, their pains. And now it's become exported in the United States and throughout the world as like the mass popular art form for young people. And anybody can partake of it. So if you are not doing that, then you are really, truly missing out. Thoughts that were echoed by event organizer Aisha Upchurch. One thing I would 
encourage anybody who's in the role of an educator who's curious about this intersection of hip-hop and education, the one thing I want them to know is that it's already in the room. Um, just hip-hop being in its early 40s and having young people who've been on the planet less than that, it's in their lives, it's in their the way they see the world, it's in the music, it's in the dress some type of way, so it's in the room. And it's not in the room as a as a less than, as a maybe. It's in the room as a part of people's being. So just stop and pause and ask yourselves, how, how might it be in the room and how might that be an asset for the learning to really move forward? What are my students listening to? How do they move their bodies? How are certain artists helping them get connected to the world and to each other? And how can I make space for that to be a greater part of the room since it's already here? Upchurch went on to summarize the day's events with an optimistic look at the future of hip-hop-based education. The conference was amazing. This was the third year. The turnout was great. The energy was beautiful all day long. We had presenters from all over the country and the local area um, contributing what they think about hip-hop as a, as a necessary element of the education movement. It's the name of the conference, Can't Stop Hip-Hop, The Education Movement because hip hop can't be stopped and the move to like transform education is, is real and it's urgent and hip hop has to be a part of that. So we had MCs, visual artists, dancers, educators. We had people creating beautiful artwork in 15 minutes in a response to a prompt about how you can keep the movement going. It's beautiful, I'm on a high right now. That high extended well into the evening as the event wrapped up and presenters, participants, and attendees trickled out of Asquith Hall, leaving behind the echoes of music, dance, laughter, conversation, education, and hope. Once again, thanks to Aisha Upchurch, uh, everyone involved with the Can't Stop Hip Hop, the Education Movement Conference in 2019. I was asked to return. I was looking forward to coming back to participate in the 2020 edition, which, of course, as mentioned previously, was waylaid due to the pandemic. It was truly an honor and privilege to be there among the students, the teachers, the educators, everyone involved, the, the artists, the participants, the attendees. It was such an inspiring event. I was truly looking forward to attending and participating in the 2020 version. I do look forward to 2021 and the return of Can't Stop Hip Hop, the education movement at the Harvard Graduate School of Education. In the meantime, in between time, for more information about the Hip Hop X Lab, visit can'tstophiphop.org or Hip Hop EX Lab on Instagram. Once again, my name is Manny Faces, the creator, producer, and host of Hip Hop Can Save America. Find out more about what we do at hiphopcansaveamerica.com. If you're listening through the web, do subscribe through your favorite podcast or streaming audio app. Uh, rate us, review us, hit us up, let us know if you have some ideas for future guests or future concepts that we could tackle as we discuss ways that hip-hop can indeed save America. Thanks for listening. Peace. We're out.
Once again, thanks for listening to another episode of Hip Hop Can Save America, a.k.a. the world's most important hip hop podcast. My name is Manny Faces. You can find out more about the show at hiphopcansaveamerica.com. You can watch the show now as a live stream on YouTube, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Check back for all the replays as well. The interviews from the live stream will be brought here onto the audio feed, so you always get the best of the live stream. You can also check out our Substack newsletter. It's free at mannyfaces.substack.com filled with stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and in general, hip-hop news that isn't about dumb <laughs> Eternal shouts to our consulting producer, Summer McCoy. Be sure to check out her dope initiatives, Hip-Hop Hacks, and the Mixtape Museum. We'll be back soon with another dope episode, but check us out on the live stream as well. Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Until next time, it's Many Faces wishing peace and love to you and yours.